0: The debate flowed with fewer fireworks than expected, minus an exchange that saw Amaswami's quip about Dick Cheney and three-inch heels, and with Haley's retort celebrating her five-inch heels as ammunition, a moment that resonated with the audience's cheers. Candidate's fervor was palpable, particularly on foreign policy, a domain that dominated discussion. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. To search the Political Pulse Show, and of course, give us your thoughts on the topics we cover in the comment section below. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video. Subscribe to the channel. Tap the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. Without further ado, let's dive into today's first topic. Can't discuss politics without discussing Donald Trump's legal battles. In a courtroom in New York, former President Donald Trump found himself on the witness stand testifying in a civil fraud case that has sent shockwaves through the political landscape. This trial was initiated by New York State Attorney General Letitia James, a culmination of a three-year investigation, and it raises questions that strike at the very core of Trump's political identity. With multiple civil suits and four state and federal criminal indictments moving, this courtroom drama may not be the last time we see the former president in a legal spotlight. The heart of this trial revolves around accusations of fraud. Atisha James has alleged that Donald Trump, along with his two eldest sons, Eric and Donald Jr., and other individuals associated with the Trump Organization, engaged in fraudulent activities by manipulating the value of their properties. Manipulation involved inflating or deflating property values, including iconic Trump properties such as Trump Tower and Mar-a-Lago, to secure favorable deals on insurance, loans, and credit. Additionally, the lawsuit contends that Trump may have inflated his net worth to gain recognition on Forbes' top 100 list. Of course, it's important to note that aspiring to be on Forbes' list isn't a crime, but manipulating asset values for financial gain constitutes fraud and is legally legally questionable. New York State has already found the Trump organization civilly liable for fraud, citing instances of property valuation manipulation. Notably, during the trial, both Don Jr. and Eric Trump acknowledged their involvement in certain email exchanges and discussions, but claimed limited influence over property valuations, attributing them primarily to the organization's accounting firm. However, President Trump's own testimony testimony painted a different picture, revealing his deep involvement in property valuations. This contradiction between his claims and those of his sons added a layer of complexity to the case. Observers of the trial wondered how Donald Trump would conduct himself in the courtroom. Would he bring his characteristic bombast and political rhetoric, or would he maintain a more subdued demeanor, given the gravity of the proceedings? The answer seems to be a bit of both. While Trump didn't exhibit the loud rallying style seen at political events, he still managed to make accusations and deliver jabs at the trial. The attorney general, and even the judge, This approach led a moment's attention with the judge, repeatedly repeatedly urging Trump's legal team to rein in his responses. Notably, Trump's legal team cited his status as a former president and potential presidential candidate as reasons to allow him to speak at length during the trial, a claim the judge did not fully embrace. Outside the courtroom, Donald Trump continued to hold court with the press, reiterating his belief that the trial was a sham and a waste of time. He asserted that the real fraudsters were the court itself, displaying a personal attachment to the valuations of his property, which were integral to his net worth and reputation. The legal battles surrounding Donald Trump have become a significant aspect of his political strategy. His illegal team aims to dismiss or delay these cases to minimize their impact on his potential 2024 presidential campaign. However, with multiple ongoing cases, this strategy faces Considerable challenges. Trump's ability to maintain a substantial lead in the GOP primary polls has afforded him the luxury of devoting substantial time to his legal battles. His campaign has positioned these trials as evidence of victimization, rallying his base around his candidacy. However, as these cases progress, convictions and guilty verdicts could pose a real threat to his political ambitions. The Republican field may also start to coalesce around an alternative candidate. Potentially complicating Trump's path during the nomination. Interestingly, politics has seeped into Trump's legal strategy. Lawyers and allies have used political rhetoric to undermine the prosecution's case. Elena Abba, Abba one of Trump's lawyers, criticized, criticized the prosecutor's political aspirations and connected them to the outcome of the trial. Such targets highlight the political undercurrents running through the proceedings. One might wonder whether these legal battles truly matter to voters. While Trump's base remains steadfast, convictions and guilty verdicts could sway public perception. Trump's ability to portray himself as a victim has thus far bolstered his stance. Nevertheless, it remains uncertain how these legal challenges ultimately affect his electability. Polls have shown that the Republican voters prioritize electability, with many viewing Trump as the most viable candidate. This perception has undercut potential challengers like DeSantis or Nikki Haley. And of course, since we've been uh, missed a couple of episodes, we've got to address the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Political landscape in the United States is, a, is as dynamic as ever. Key players constantly shifting in and out of the spotlight. One such figure who has recently taken center stage, Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. Johnson's rise to power comes at a crucial juncture, but it also presents a unique set of challenges. And we're going to dive into the world of Mike Johnson, exploring his background, the expectations placed upon him, and the trials he faces as he assumes this pivotal role. Mike Johnson's ascension to the position of Speaker in the House wasn't without its share of turmoil. The election process was marked by contention and debate within the Republican ranks. Nevertheless, Johnson managed to secure the support of his fellow party members, a crucial step in his journey to becoming the Speaker. His first new challenge that he faces is fundraising. One of the primary responsibilities of House Speaker is to help raise funds for candidates across the country. Excuse me. This task requires not only political acumen, but also strong connections within the donor community. It's an area where Johnson has limited experience as he enters a realm previously navigated by his predecessor, Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy, former speaker, had a remarkable track record of raising funds, amassing staggering half a billion dollars during the 2022 campaign cycle. Johnson now faces the daunting task of filling McCarthy's shoes, and the pressure is on. While Johnson has shown promise by raising $1 million from grassroots supporters shortly after his election, He must establish the kind of donor relationships that McCarthy had cultivated over years. His second challenge avoiding a government shutdown. Another immediate challenge on Johnson's plate is the looming threat of a government shutdown. The issue of government spending and bipartisanship has been a contentious one in recent times. And Johnson must navigate these treacherous waters to prevent another shutdown, debacle, like the one that plagued McCarthy's tenure. Johnson is tasked with devising a strategy to avoid such a scenario. While some expect a short-term stopgap bill to keep the government running, the details remain uncertain. Moreover, Johnson lacks established relationships with key figures like the Senate Majority Leader and the President, making negotiations even more challenging. For Johnson, walking a tightrope of maintaining unity within the Republican Party while delivering on legislative priorities is paramount. He must appease both the right wing and moderate factions of the party, daunting tasks given the deep ideological divides within the GOP. The Speaker's role goes beyond securing legislative victories within the House. Johnson must also navigate the Senate and work with the White House to pass legislation that aligns with the party's agenda. This balancing act requires political finesse and the ability to craft compromises that satisfy the diverse spectrum of Republican lawmakers. While Mike Johnson grapples with his new role as Speaker, President Biden faces a new challenge from within his own party. Representative Dean Phillips, a relatively lesser known figure in the House, has emerged as a vocal critic of Biden's presidency. Phillips, a centrist Democrat, is running on a platform that questions Biden's age and competence to lead. Dean Phillips' candidacy is noteworthy because he represents a growing sentiment within the Democratic Party which raises concerns about, Biden, about Biden's ability to compete in the 2024 election. However, many Democrats assert that Biden's policies are popular and that, in the end, voters will rally behind the party's agenda. And of course, we got to dive into the biggest event of the week, the Republican debate. On a night charged with political fervor, the race for the Republican presidential nomination unfolded in a rare split-screen scenario. Five contenders exchanged barbs and visions on the debate stage in Miami, while Donald Trump opted for a solo performance at a uh, rally. The dichotomy set the stage for a night for strategies, rhetoric, and the fight for the spotlight laid bare in uh, the currents shaping the party's future. The Miami debate, moderated by a blended journalist from NBC and the conservative commentator Hugh Hewitt, presented a winnowed field indicative of the intensifying race. Uh, Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott graced the stage. The debate flowed with fewer fireworks than expected minus an exchange that saw Ramaswamy's quip about Dick Cheney and three-inch heels, met with Haley's retort celebrating her five-inch heels as ammunition, a moment that resonated with the audience's cheers. The candidate's fervor was palpable, particularly on foreign policy, a domain that dominated discussions. The stance on, on Iran was notably hawkish of candidates, advocating aggressive postures and signaling a shift in the Republican rhetoric that has historically been interventionist but restrained. Meanwhile, Trump's rally crackled with his characteristic bravado. He questioned his decision to skip the debate, affirming the challenge of single-handedly facing a crowd and disparaged his opponents with the usual flair, like labeling Nikki Haley as birdbrain, a moniker that seemed to bemuse and resonate with his base. The rally was classic Trump, mentally of his greatest hits from anti-immigration rhetoric to broadsides against Democrats. The night also offered a glimpse of the electorate. It's like Trump's rally-goers, many of whom once supported DeSantis, expressed a sense of betrayal over his perceived opposition to Trump, testament to the enduring loyalty Trump commands among his base. The sentiment underscores the challenges that lie ahead for contenders like DeSantis, whose home state advantage may be compromised by this very loyalty to Trump. As the base stage is set to shrink even further, the Republican race is at a crucible. With Trump needing the polls and avoiding the date debates, the question looms. How will the opposition consolidate? The strategies are clear. Targeting early states, confusing millions in advertising, all with the aim of emerging a principal Trump alternative. The race against time and against each other for candidates like Haley and DeSantis, each vying to light the match that will ignite their campaigns to the forefront. The night was a microcosm of the broader Republican contest, a party at a crossroads, candidates on the thresholds of being winnowed out, and a former president still holding the reins of influence. What unfolds next could redefine the party and its path forward. Each candidate strives to become the face of the Republican future. Just let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. What did you think about the Republican debate? And let us know who you think is the next candidate to drop out. Me personally, I think it's going to be Tim Scott because I don't really know why he's still running because he has no chance. And if you want to support the channel, go ahead and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TWLedge. Buymeacoffee.com slash TWLedge. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.